Balance your trading strategy by adding futures. CME Group helps you manage risk and capture opportunities in all market environments. Capitalize on around-the-clock access to highly liquid global futures and options market across all major asset classes. Just visit your online broker and get started. Plug into valuable educational materials and trading tools and see what adding futures can do for you at cmegroup.com slash on the tape. Guy here. You're listening to an audio broadcast of Market Call. That's MRKT Call. It's a daily video series I do with Dan Nathan every Monday through Thursday live at 1 p.m. Eastern. We break down the big market-moving headlines and offer trade ideas. Each week, we're joined by our friends Carter Worth of Worth Charting and Liz Young, that's EY of SoFi, for their investment analysis. So check it out. And if you like it, follow at Market Call on on Twitter and subscribe to Risk Reversal Media's YouTube page so you never miss an episode. It is Tuesday, November 14th. It's 2 p.m. on the East Coast saying what, what happened to you people? We're in uh, Naples, Florida. I think they call this Tiburon. Tiburon. We're at uh, CME Cup. We've been here. The, this is our third year in a row. On my left, you see the great Danny Moses. Oh, there, guy. It's on the right, obviously, Dan Nathan. We're all here for a singular cause for St. Jude CME champions that we can talk about it. But I don't want to bury the lead, as they say. So let's take a look at what we're going to talk about today. The Everything Rally. The everything round. I mean, because of course it is, right? Yeah. And no more Fed hikes. Why would they have to do that? And strategists are still split right down the middle. Although more and more, Danny, you're coming to the side of, well, things are going to go up in perpetuity. I am not one of those people. Dan, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's great to have Danny on the market call. Little spontaneity here, I guess. I know, just don't think people think just because the market's up, I'm going to shy I away. Know, I know. Coming right, no, no, you're coming. Right you're right here. Right here. So All we right. just had a great conversation with Terry Duffy. He's the CEO of CME Group. They've been great partners of ours. To Guy's point, um, we are down here in support of this event that they are supporting St. Jude's. And so, um, you know, good on them. And uh, what? They're like, they've been our partner from the get-go since we started the On The Tape podcast. That's why we thought... This would be a great day to have Danny here. Um, but guys, we got to just talk about this here. Okay, so the expectations for the CPI were 3.3%. We know that's down from that 9.1% what the summer of 2022. Okay, so I guess Fed Chair Powell is right, uh, guy. You know, inflation was transitory. Well, you, you, now, I, I was in such so, a good so, mood. I you were in such a good okay. mood. Okay, and so, Danny was in a good I mood. We had a good salad. I feel good Florida. about Florida. Okay. All right, but, but the fact that the knee-jerk you know, reaction is for yields, okay, the 10-year yield to go down 20 basis points. The stock market, and then the NASDAQ is up 2 plus percent. The S&P is up nearly 2%. Um, Seems a little odd to me. We have a VIX at 14. Did you guys see this coming? I didn't see this coming. I'll start this ball rolling and say, absolutely not. Because if I had seen it coming, obviously I'd be singing a lot. I would have been singing a much different tune over the last couple of weeks. So Yes, and we can throw up the headline, inflation, I guess, by whatever metric has slowed clearly, but it doesn't mean it's still a problem. And my concern is on a day like today, and by the way, I I don't particularly like him, but you got to give huge kudos to Bill Ackman, who in early August put out that he was short the bond market. 
I think at the time, 10-year yields were 4.15%, maybe 4.2%. Yeah. They actually backed off a bit over the next couple of days. I think they got down to 3.9%, but then obviously yields traded up to 5%. He top-ticked it in terms of his exit, and good for him. And he cited a couple of different things. And quite frankly, they're coming to fruition. Personally, I didn't think we'd get here in terms of yields. I know you did, Dan. I know Carter did as well. I'm surprised, Danny. I still think there's a leg higher in yields, and I think it's going to come not on inflation well, you're data, the only one, right? And not on a slowing economy, but on a treasury that's going to continue to have to raise yeah. debt, and we're going to, have, and they're going to have to pay a higher interest rate to get there. Danny, all right. So let's just look at the ten-year treasury. Okay, we are four at five. Like that's the mark. Do you agree with that? So when he talked about when when Ackman made the trade, um, mm-hmm. you know, to five, and then he took it off at five. I mean, so we're right in the middle of that point here. So what? So should equities be banging around from from four thousand in the S and P to forty five hundred? Think about that range. This is the trap I talked about last week on on the tape. Yeah. I said you're going to have a situation where yields are going to pull in. It's going to be a, a buy signal to the markets because all the quants are lined up. Buy home builders, buy REITs, buy all these things. I would think. That if you think the Fed has done, which you know I've been, I've felt that way a long time. Yep. Ted Fund futures have been basically trading that, so that didn't change today. The ten-year yields, you could actually argue from a growth perspective. I don't think inflation is embedded in to the ten-year yields as much as I think it's a treasury oxygen mm-hmm. I'll supply and demand. So you're right on the margin. Four by five is probably the right thing, but to me, this is an opportunity, and I'll say it again, to sell the names that you know, because there's nothing in the economy per se that's changed today by what that print was. As a matter of fact, one of the culprits of why you had a lower CPI is used car. Prices, mm-hmm. right? Used car. Why are used car prices down? Obviously, because you know the ability. Because to, Elon keeps cutting prices. Well, no, let, let's not bring up Tesla. Oh, but sorry, but 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 the ability to finance a car, the ability to buy a car, right? Those things. So prices are going to start to come down there. Somehow, rent came down in that number, I believe. Also, so a lot of moving parts. And again, it's still three point what two percent, I think, um, on the on the main number, right? I yeah. think that's what they mean. So so anyway, this is where you start to clean up your portfolio. And I'll say it again. Flip side of this is when you get a move down like we had a few weeks ago, opportunity to buy things. So this is, to me, an opportunity to trim. It's just yep. what I think. And some stuff's not participating. Oh, you're going to trade the S&P futures. Oh, we're going to trade but, the but, S&P futures. Yeah. So we're, we're, well, we're, yeah. we're at CME in Chicago. Now we're at CME in Naples. Five. So yeah. there for Dan and I blew down here earlier today. But you reside down here. So you didn't have to get on an airplane, which allowed you the ability to have a conversation with our friend, Peter Brookhar. And I think that was probably a conversation that you wanted. I know when I find myself on the ledge, I need like Batman, like Adam West or Burt Ward or somebody to sort of talk me off. Well, be my Adam West. I was driving on Alligator Alley, contemplating getting out of the car and just swimming. Right. Going going for a swim. Right. With the Gators. By the way, the Gators down here. Yeah, they're yeah. ferocious. Did you uh, see them? Do you, do you, when you're oh, driving, yeah. you can see them on the side of the road. No, my guy, with you he's on the plane, me. I look straight ahead. You called I me and I answered from the plane. You were, you were asleep. So it's interesting. You were Before, you were I was probably snoring. I'm, but tell people, people don't believe this, that I sit in my seat. The only reason I it's got bizarre. up today God, is because freaky. if you happen to be on a plane and you see guy, you know, putting his thing up there and this, no, I don't put anything. No, no, 1975 hanging back. No, I, I know. Today. But, but what those saying, folding hanging back. If you see him getting on a plane, yeah. okay, and then just just do do this thing for me, okay. An hour later into the flight, just walk by him and see what he is doing. I haven't moved. No, he's sitting there staring like straight. It would freak me out. It is freaking. So over out of it, I was freaked out. Um, the so, duration so, of the flight doesn't matter. It, I could be on a, a thirty-minute flight to DC, which I don't do anymore, or I could get on a sixteen-hour flight to South Africa, which I have done, and I will do the same thing. 
And the only reason I get up today, I got up because you had to go to the bathroom and get some tissues. Yeah. Anyway, that's what we're here so, for. So anyway, I call yeah. people like Peter because I just want sanity. Ob- obliquely advisors. And, and, he, and the book report, who's also been on On the Tape podcast, and he's been on, uh, and on he, the market call. And he presents facts. That's what he writes his yeah. letter, presents yeah. facts, take, takes a position. He's long some stocks. He's short some stocks. He's long commodities and metals. I, I just wanted his read because I was in the car. I'm like, Peter, he goes, mm-hmm. listen, we're, we're about at the level we're at where we are right now. It's yeah. a little bit overbought. You know, well, the futures are 45, 09, okay. 45, 10 so right now. So the RSI, et cetera, it's extended. What's the RSI right now? Real, I don't have it in front of me. It's in the 70s. I mean, okay. it's in the 70s. So it's okay. very high, right? And so it's a knee-jerk reaction. And he's a little bit miffed, but he, we all understand that people are offsides positioning. I also it think is. that this time of year, right? Think about this. We came into the year, people were positioned, you mm-hmm. know, defensively, right? Then first week of January, by second week, they chased. We're now on the opposite end, literally almost the exact time period. If you think about like yeah. January 15th, just substitute November. If you think about the end of February, just substitute you know, the end of this year, right? So flip side. So now you have this chase. Now, if you're a fund manager, you can't, here we go again. You can't miss it. You got to chase. I think that's what this is. So, you know, the, a lot of things are moving. Again, I use it as a time to yeah. basically. Well, all right. So let's look at this real, real quickly. Amanda just made this chart and, and shout out to our, our squad Jacob's here. We got here. Jacob here. We have Amanda here. here. We're doing stuff on the fly. Um, obviously, Timmy and Steven back in New York helping us out too. Um, let's look at this chart. This is the S&P 500 versus the 10-year U.S. Treasury mm-hmm. yield. You can see where the S&P was basically 42, 4190-ish. It got back to those lows. Did it overshoot a little bit, those, those kind of that may Good. breakout level when the 10-year was at 5%. I mean, just look at that. So I guess my point is, Guy, if you are correct, if there are reasons other than the CPI for yields to go higher, so you're talking about auctions, yeah. right? Okay, if we are to head back, towards 5%, where's the S&P going? Well, that's, like, 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 like to me, it because- goes right back down. Right. But again, I have to be clear. I I'm, I'm, did not think, by the way, we traded down to 4.5% last week. And I thought, okay, there you go. We, tra- we traded down to the lower end of this up channel that yeah. rates have been in, and it makes sense. And now we're going to go ratcheting right back through 5%. We have broken down through that. And Carter has brought that chart to us a number of different times. Is it going to be a false- Breakdown in terms of yields, uh, we're going to find out, I think. But the next Treasury auction, and Danny talks about this. He talked about it on our podcast last week. Everybody's become a specialist or a, you know, a, I guess the word is a. Is there anything wrong with that? But but like, like literally, like we, we just had this great conversation with Terry. We're talking about people like, like getting educated Mm -hmm. and learning about the things. It's one of the things that like, you know, like, like, like I, I actually think it's important. I didn't know much about like treasury auctions, but I think, but but what I think is, and answer the guy's question, people let the market moves dictate how, how they should think. Yeah. You know, it's, it's looking backwards Mm -hmm. instead of looking forward. Like I don't, you know, we get back to 5%. In the tenure, it is because of a failed auction. It is because something else is right. It's not because of growth, right. in my opinion. Well, the so markets case, are not well, pricing. Make, like, right. Yeah. So in that case, so we're overshooting. It's all about positioning. We talked about it before. Obviously, the people were still short bonds out there, right, that are now covering. If I'm Janet Yellen, I am literally call, calling an emergency auction yeah. meeting and throwing out as, get but as okay, much as so you can. Look, okay? that's a good, no, I'll stop for a sec. Yeah. That's a great point you bring up. The yields are lower now. Now's the time. To, but how would that be received? The auction's going to be just as poor. Oh, we might have a government shutdown here in a couple of days well, also. Which so. is, again, it's not, and not remember, out. we talked about this, you know, the oh, Moody's I, putting yeah. United States on, again, on credit watch. I mean, that should be make yields. Good. There are a lot of things out there to be concerned about in the treasury Let me be market. positive for a second. 
Please. Let me be positive on this. So here we have this APAC. We have, we have a conference going on, right? In San Francisco, I think, with cheese yeah. here. Like we, yeah. we all getting together. What'd you call them? Chi? Great. What? Chi? No. Chi. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I've never met him personally. But, no, but, but it's, it's as simple as two, two letters. I never okay. met Lincoln either, but I can pronounce it. All right. Whatever. I mean, a one syllable name. Okay. okay. Very sorry. good. Anyway, great. Take fentanyl off the market. I think that would be the great, honestly, that's the greatest thing yeah, ever. Yeah. But maybe that's a sign of a breakthrough. Right, we're going to do some other things. Listen, China has no growth. They need us, right? And if you want to believe it or not, we need them at, economically. We need their market to pick up. We need to, to still produce things there. So shove the Taiwan risk to the side for a moment, right? And focus on positives. What could come out of that? You're seeing a lot of the companies that are levered towards China outperform the market right here. And I, I think that is a positive. I mean, there's thawing at all on those relations would be a positive. I'm just coming up with other reasons yeah. that the market could be right. I, I think that, listen, a thawing of a really poor relationship with China at a time where, you know, from an economic standpoint, a ge geopolitical standpoint, the tit for tat that we have going on with just the kind of export controls and everything like that, I think would be a really good thing. There's been a lot of really good stuff written over the last couple of days, whether it comes to fruition or not, about who need this meeting more? It seems like it's leaning a little bit towards President Xi. I think there was an article in the Wall Street Journal this morning. There's one in the Washington Post. They're talking about basically deflation and the and the basically the uh, housing induced credit bubble that they have, mm -hmm. the local debt bubble that they have. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 happening right there. And I guess the bigger risk is that we have incentives to kind of maybe not be so tough right now. Biden clearly does from from a political standpoint but they will they will export that deflation let's be very clear right like that's not like like going to avoid our shores or europe or anything like that so i think it makes sense that we could all just chill out a little bit don't you think chill out like right, let's go to the s&p futures yeah. really quickly let's do a one year so on september 5th danny and i were at cme in chicago we were there for pearl jam amazing show you put a trade on in the futures. I think they were right around the S&P futures, right around 4,500, right about yeah, where they are right now. Literally where they were. You caught that move. You came on market call and you took it off. You kept lowering your stop. Okay. So when you put that trade on, you put a stop above where if it, 4, if it continue to go higher, yeah. you get taken out. You're defining the risk. Didn't happen. You kept on lowering your stop and then finally you took the profit. What do you want to do right now? We got 4,510 on the S&P futures or so. 40, all right, 40. 4505, Danny, we know that. I know I'm going to shock people. I, I would, I would sell oh, you're not buying them. You're not yeah, buying them. Yeah, okay, sure. so let's be very, yeah. yeah. So you're selling them at 4505 yeah. and you want to put that same stop in I, at 4600. Yep, same okay. thing. And so pick, so basically if the market's going to rip roar at a year end, you're going to get taken out at 4600. And then what would your initial target be again? Are you looking something? Listen, more? the time of year, right? This is, you're, you're approaching, I think once you're post Thanksgiving, um, there's not many trading days yeah. left that are really meaningful. So you obviously got to be smart. So. But I think we'll get a retrenchment here. We'll get some type of pullback. I, I, I would think we get some type of pullback, but I would say half at 4,400 and the other half at 4,300, the same way that I was doing it last time. So part of the tease in our rundown, yeah, which Amanda put together, well done, Amanda, was talking about mixed and the strategy. So we created a slide to illustrate just that. And now I'm going to agitate Danny and uh, I'm agitating myself. But last evening on, what's Brian Sullivan's show called? The Last Call. Why is that? Because it's the last show. On what are you about to do to seven, on yeah. live thing? Last call. Because, yeah. Okay. Well, last call. Yeah, you're right. It's the last live show. Yeah. Then they do like uh, treasure hunt. Or... But it's also a plan word, right? So if you're at a bar and it's about to close, they're going to say, hey, it's the last call. So you get your last drink order in. 
That's, I've, that's never happened to me. So it should come as no surprise. I have not been said, in a bar. You know what? Two years ago, we closed down the bar in this can hotel. I, can I say, it's yeah. not saying a lot. Yes, we did. This, play, this town closes at eight o'clock at I, night. No, we'll it, it was like that. 11 o'clock and we were with Terry. Do you remember that? I we're doxing remember. him right now. Anyway, and we, we had a last call. We had a last scotch. This is, I'm sorry to do this, but he did do say it. this. You know, a couple, couple of prints ago, Tom Lee went on one of those oh. shows and talked about, you know, a face ripping rally post CPI print. That's exactly what happened. And he did the same thing last night. Yeah. And here we are. And you got, how did he know? You got to give credit where credit's due. The flip side of that coin is Marco Kalanovic from JP Morgan, yeah. who's still in the camp. You got to fade rallies. And obviously, you know where I stand. I'm still with Marco, but. You know, that's the market that we find ourselves in. You know, these rallies are fierce. And I talked about this all of last year, Dan. The only time I saw panic last year was on those vicious yeah. up days back in June of 2022 when the market rallied, I think, 18%. Then again, it happened in October when you had that rally off of VIX, both times that it traded about the 34, 35. Today feels like, to me at least, and I'm not saying it's human beings, but can us all the benchmarks, Danny, of panic buying because holy shit, I'm going to miss, miss it. it. You can't miss it. So yeah, we've had Tom on the podcast. He came on September 1st, I believe, right before we were in, right before mm -hmm. we went to Chicago and we had a bet for the month of September and we're here at CME, which donates all the proceeds to St. Jude, right? And Tom agreed to give a thousand dollars if the market was down in September to my charity of choice. It was St. Jude's. I think he's done it. I would assume that he's donated it at this point. He's, he's a so that, up of course. It. That, so point is this, think about the fluctuations that we've had in the market since then, right? You yeah. know, down three or 400, down 300 on the S&P mm -hmm. back up. You can get chopped up in this market if you trade it. And I'll, I'll say it again. I know we're showing indices and, and we're picking in S&P futures, but within that in down moves and up moves, there's opportunities kind of on yeah. both sides to kind of make money in it. And I think from a single name perspective, don't get caught up in the ETFs. Yes, of course, you're going to buy the XHB today. Of course, you're going to buy the IYR today because when rates come in like that, the signal yeah. is to buy the interest rate sensitive stuff. But to me, nothing's changed to me because I thought the Fed was done. I think a Fed cut's coming sooner than I thought, yet I'm not long. But, you know, so maybe I'm overthinking it. Keep it simple. The chase is on. This yeah. is the performance run now. You cannot miss. We have. So you, you know, might want to use a tighter stop in your S&P futures trade to the short side. I'm just saying, if the chase is on. Well, here's profit. a couple of things that I want to say. You you said you try to be positive. So I started oh. out the week. There was a couple of things that kind of, you know, like, like I really want to be cognizant of. The outperformance last Friday of the semiconductor index, mm -hmm. okay? The SMH was up 4% last Friday, okay? NVIDIA was like, you know, has gone up. You ready for this? It's gone up 25% in a straight line in a month. That is $250 billion in market cap, okay? AMD got off the mat. Intel was at 52-week uh, highs. Taiwan Semiconductor, which three weeks ago told us that some of their end markets are starting to firm or whatever. So this is the most cyclical part of technology, okay, that had been getting knocked around other than NVIDIA over the last prior, you know, prior few months was trading really well. Okay, so that Microsoft Friday closed at a new all-time high. So there were some things there, if you think about leadership, the sorts of things that might drag things up. Now, we could have pointed, well, the RSP, that's the equal weight S&P, did not trade well, okay? Russell 2000, okay, if Amanda can pull up the Russell 2000 futures here, this is up nearly 5% yeah, today, on okay? Or on the day, okay? So there's some things happening, you know what I mean, that I think, you know, again, going back to your short trade, like I put a trade on in the QQQ last week. It was the first thing I did a week ago, Monday, okay? And I defined my risk. Options look cheap. They look cheap for a reason. Now, if you bought calls, you would be like laughing all the way to the bank because they were dollar cheap looking out to December and vol cheap. But right now I'm so far out of the money. 
um, you know, that's not a good way to do so it. What's so what's your trade here, Dan, then? Are you, uh, you know, where are I'm, you saying? I'm literally sitting hands? on my hands a little bit. You know okay. what I mean? Fair like, enough. Like, like, because I don't, because these things do overshoot to the upside the way they do to the downside. And I don't have a lot of conviction. I will tell you, if we get through this weekend and there is no government shutdown, okay, they kick the can to January, then your chase, the chase that you're talking about is on. Like, 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 think about it. Well, they so have the opportunity to, re well, what would be the thing? Is there something in the Middle East? Is there something well, in knows? Ukraine? Is but, there some lurking earnings bomb that's going to come out? NVIDIA reports next, no, you know, November 21st, I think it's Wednesday or something like that. You know, I don't know. Is that going to be a thing? If anything, if that stock sells off, it's just going to be relative to expectations. All fair. If they, listen, you're hundred percent right. If there's, and, I'm, not and my sense is, I'm just saying, oh, my you know, sense here. is, you know, we will avert another disaster in, in government vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, whatever con continuing resolution type thing. they I, I don't even know what they can do at this point. But let's just talk about, you know, the here and now. And Doug Cass points out correctly, at a certain point, the consumer is still strapped. And although inflation yeah. has, you know, people, I think, and I'm not pretending I'm an economist, I'm not, but inflation isn't going lower. It's just going up less quickly, yeah. which is not nuanced. I mean, that's just what that number tells you. So there's also a cumulative effect of this over the last few years. I mean, people are paying anywhere from high teens well, to mid twenties more for things. The other side, the consumer is in a very difficult position. Right, the here. other side, Danny, to this inflation data is that the economy is slowing. Right. So that's to your Wilson's point, theory. so right. Yeah. So, so here, here's guys, I, I just get, here's another thing that's flashing. Like it's just flashing. Let's pull up the dollar index, the U.S. dollar index, the Dixie. This is a huge one-day move. I mean, like, so we're seeing some massive mm -hmm. palpitations in major risk assets that are probably, I'm just saying this from my experience, it's kind of hard to fade days like this yeah, when you see like Danny, like, like help me out. When's the last time you've seen the U.S. dollar index move like this? I, I mean, I, I, not that in I can one remember. Day? It happened. Well, I see it back there the on your chart. Look at the chart. But, but again, again. People's hands are going to get forced here, right? And you bring up a good point. I mean, credit card debt, all-time high. Auto, all-time high. All the, all these delinquencies, normalization of the markets. This doesn't change anything today. No. Right? It doesn't change but it at all. But the continuing resolution. But I will tell you this. the can down the road. I will I mean, tell you that's this. The I mean. reason Moody's stock is up so much today. Yeah. Because you talk about the Treasury trying to unload paper. If you're a company right now, you're like, okay, here's my window, right? Rates just came in 50 basis points on the 10-year, right? And that's a big difference when you're issuing hundreds of millions of dollars in terms of expense. Get it out. Let's see what the flows are going to look like. You're going to see issuance here towards the end of the year probably take off, right? Those are the things that can happen. And that can be a positive in terms of cost of capital, what you thought. So, but again, I only think the good companies can have access to that. I don't think that the bad companies can get funded still, because I think, again, it's very selective in the debt markets and in the equity markets. Let's take a, let's take a, we're on CME day. So let's take a look at a couple of their commodities. Gold's having a big day here today mm -hmm. for, and makes sense. Dollar's lower. Gold's back on its horse. It seems, Danny, like we've defended the downside a couple times here. I will tell you flat out that if you had told me all the things that would have transpired over the last couple months, I thought gold would have been north of 2,500. If not a new handle in terms of 3,000, obviously we're not even close. But the here and now, again, I still think the gold trade is maybe not alive and well, but it's it's not dying the way a lot of people think it is. Yeah, we talk about it. We had a nice run from 1850, basically, to 2000. It pulled into 1925. Rough, you know, don't quote me on those, but roughly I keep talking about it. Just buy it. Just buy that. I'm not in there for short-term trade. It's mm -hmm. a long-term trade. And if things pan out over, you know, how I think they will over time, I think gold will outperform. And when yields come in, you know, 
obviously in conjunction with the dollar pulling in, but when yields pulling gold becomes more attractive on a relative basis, you can make that argument. So I think it's in firm hands. I really do. And I think on the margin, I think you can have these fluctuations. It's going to take something else though, guy. It'll take a true economic slowdown with a pull forward of the Fed cutting rates. God forbid it takes a geopolitical issue occurring to do it, but I'm a, I'm a buyer and holder of gold. Crude oil obviously went through moving averages mm -hmm. on the downside, but here we are back going through it on the upside. And, you know, talking about CPI, I mean, it's always X food and energy, mm -hmm. which obviously is just asinine beyond words, but you know, crude is showing some, and it makes sense, you know, which was at least showing some strength earlier. You know, I still think there's a leg higher here in crude, Danny, that people, and the equities, which is interesting to me. Trade horribly. Trade horribly. I think what we're seeing there. and Well, those uh, are defensive by nature. And so. I think what happened is money flew out of there into these high-flying technology growth names, which I guess makes sense to a point, but I don't think people are fully comprehending what's going on in the space. I think the key with oil, and we had, um, who did we have on last week? Alima Croft came yeah. on last you week on, have a on the tape. Moment. Just, What's that? You just like a oh, I was thinking about something else. Second. I oh, really? like, oh, we're I, boring you? Are we boring no, you? I was thinking about something else. Okay. We had her on and I asked her the question, how do you price in geopolitical risk versus just kind of yeah. supply and demand into the price of oil, right? What does that look like? How do you strip it out? She was pretty adamant that oil really had nowhere to go but up from there because she believed that they were pricing zero yeah. geopolitical risk at that point. So. I'm a, I'm a buyer of oil, and I think again the energy stocks aren't going to do well on a day like today. Obviously, so you know I think, but but I don't know what how they're doing. I know they're down. They're they're not, not, I mean, you know, a relative. It's funny. Crude, crude got to nearly eighty. It's trading down, you know, percent and a half from those levels. The XLE is is barely up. It's up, you know, seventy bips mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, it's interesting. I, you know, I would think that energy, because of the valuation, because of how hard they've been hit of late, um, because of uh, you know, if you're if you're See, see, that's the thing. Okay, so I was going to say, if you believe that equities are, are better because the economy is better because corporate earnings are going to be better because, you know, soft landing, yada, yada, that's not why equities are rallying today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't mean to sound a little whiny here. You know what I mean? But like, it, they're not rallying because all of a sudden we got a bunch of data that suggests we are confirmed soft landing here and the Fed can do mission impossible. Your mission, Yields would be pulling in like this on the longer end if that was the case. Trade. That's my point. Yeah. yeah. What's trading really well today, and you don't see this instrument trade that well historically, is the HYG. And this is something- High that, yield, yeah. Yeah, the high yield ETF. And this is something that does not trade like this, but when you look at it, having a move like it's having to the upside, it suggests a couple things. It probably suggests that people just got themselves way off sides. I'm being one of those people that thought it would continue to push through 72. It's trading today as if there's going to be no credit event whatsoever, but nothing, Danny, other than rates going lower on the credit side of things has really changed all that much. And more, you know, you hear more and more people, loan loss provisions, credit risk uh, has to go up by definition for a lot of these banks, re reserves for credit risk. I mean, it's out there. It didn't, it did not improve today. The ETF suggesting that it did, but not to well, your I think people use it as a hedge. So, so people use that instrument right. as a hedge. And I just mentioned before you, I think you'll see a flow of deals that, that come our way. Right. So, but it is, listen, let's be honest. If, if the fed is truly done, which I, everyone believes that they are, but maybe the pull forward is the fed has the ability to cut sooner. Right. Maybe the beginning well, of the year. I mean, happened, UBS right? so funds futures are pricing what like so now it's may, but it could yeah. go to March. Yeah. But, but the point is that that is meaningful from a funding cost perspective, because again, I believe this is just telling you what we already knew. The economy is so financialized and mm -hmm. we are so reliant upon this that you are going to get, listen, 
you get a huge sell-off when rates move higher. You get, and obviously you get a bounce when kind of rates move lower here. But listen, this, this is the instrument that matters the most. And I, be, but I still believe, you know, it's still a trap here. So, so. so Bank of America is up five and a half percent today. Five and a half percent today. Okay, one tenth of a percent less in the CPI. Twenty basis points lower in the. So people are underweight financials. No, I know, but yeah. it's just like like that doesn't make sense. So to back to Guy's point about panic buying, you know what I mean? But like, Dan, it does. But Dan, people that want to put their bullish hat on it does. Here's why it makes sense. Okay, okay, you believe that they have achieved the soft landing is right in front of us. Yeah. So let's just say that's the yeah, case. yeah, yeah. M and A picks up. Yeah, the IPO calendar picks up. You. Right, the health of retail. Everything gets better. So again, knee-jerk reaction higher. People are but, underweighted. They're chasing. But that's but, the one thing yeah. that to me is today's piece of data is the reason that you're gonna re, like you're gonna just like like say okay, I have a new thesis now for 2024. No, I'm, like, no, I, I know not you, yeah. but what I'm saying is you know, and I you know, there's a couple of things, and you were on uh, Fast Money with us um, for the full hour last week, and that was a lot of fun. It was on Thursday, and there's I, I love the show. You know, you've been doing it for 28 years. I've been doing it for 11 or something like that. And there's one thing that I hate about the show is that no matter what happens in the trading day, we are always, what do we have? Like a minute, like minute 10, minute mm -hmm. 15 left that we come back to our last break. And it's like the final trade. Yeah. And literally we have a, a woman, usually it was a page comes out to us at what, like, uh, you know, 52 minutes after the hour or whatever. And she says, all right, I need your final trade. Right. And just, you know, the final trade is the most looked at. I think Amanda can confirm that like piece of video of the whole hour that we do that they put on after the fact. And I actually said as a, in a really glib sort of fashion, if the CPI comes in hot tomorrow, I think you want to sell the banks. Okay. Like you want to sell the XLF. Look at this. That was your final trade yesterday? Yeah. Lazy as crap. Okay? okay. But like I hate it because it's not a substantive sort of conversation or whatever. You know what I mean? Or whatever. So I, I look like a jerk and people forget. When you're at a trading desk and you're managing a portfolio, you, you do dumb things. You say dumb things all the time, let, right, Danny? Isn't that yeah, better? Let me just say this. I, I want to say something because it's important. Because, no, but I think you bring up a point. People measure ideas, trades, and hours and minutes yeah. and maybe a day. The thoughtfulness, at least with what I try to do, whether it's a GameStop or a Carvana or an AMC, I know those are names that, you know, not everybody trades on the institutional side, but the yeah. important to retail is, I short bad business models, Yeah, right? That's my, again, everything else, I don't short good business models. You, you mean, maybe on the margin as a hedge of something else, but CME is like an example of a great model of a yeah. business that I would only but, want but to But ironically, want. Bank America turned out to be a bad business model in this well, regulatory again, environment, but my, this rate environment and right. the way that they manage risk. Right, but I'm, I'm just saying, Except use these opportunities, guy? I'll say it for the fifth time on this call, use these opportunities and these type of moves to sell stock in companies that are probably not a great business model and nothing's changed for that's 2024 and that's all you did but yes we are at the crux of where risk meets opportunity meets opportunity we're also at 230 mark which is our hard out for today yeah, we got a lot going on i want to thank the audience i want to thank danny moses who sat in with us today got right up in there got right got up right in up there, in there. Yeah, yeah listen right up in there. danny will be playing golf tomorrow <laughs> you're not I will be playing golf as well. Yeah. I don't have clubs. I don't have rain gear. Apparently, it's supposed to rain here in South Florida. We'll figure so that out. You don't have it in that bag Storm you brought that from 1976, that bag? Now I, I know why you love the 70s so much. I, should I tell it? I don't know if anybody's flying back from Naples to Newark on Thursday, but if you are and you see me on the plane, I will be in the same position staring straight ahead. Perfect. Just to freak people. And the flight attendants love me because they don't have to do a damn thing. Not a damn Not thing. a damn thing. It's beautiful. All right. On that note, uh, tomorrow market call begins. 
We don't know yet. We don't so know stay yet. Stay tuned, people. Check we'll out, put our, it out on our social because yeah. given the weather. We have to bump it to Friday. We'll figure something. We'll figure it out here. And I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank CME Group, said obviously our data provider, Danny Moses, Dan Nathan, Jacob, Amanda, Timmy, Steve, and the whole team kicking ass and taking names. We'll be back tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe. All right. We'll see you.